listeners, you're listening to Maybe Mummy Podcast. This is episode three and I hope you're doing really, really well. I'm Charlotte, your hostess, hopefully with the mostess. And this week, although it's a little late and I do apologise, is a continuation of my story. Now, this episode in particular, I'm going to try my best to try and be as concise as I possibly can. I do ramble, I'm really sorry, and I know you're kind of all still trying to get used to it, but I don't want to waffle too much in this episode. The reason being, as this is probably, for me, the most emotional. It will be, and I guess this is the disclaimer, um, it will be talking about birth, it will be talking about um, being alone and I will come into a little bit more detail obviously through the episode of what I mean by being alone but having those moments those tiny little segments throughout um, a pregnancy um, where you perhaps don't feel as connected with the rest of your support system or your partner or even in some degree to yourself so it is quite an emotional one for me. I will try and be as almost matter of fact about it as I can. Um, But it is a very, very personal story, very, very dear and close to my heart. And it is talking about my child that I lost. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Please feel free to contact me with any questions that you might have. It may bring up some emotions for yourself. It may bring up some general questions about what happens. Um, But I'm always here to help where I can with answering any questions and if you of course want to get involved or you'd like to know more about how to get involved then you can contact me and the details will be at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to shut up now and let you actually get on with everything but I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll speak to you again soon. Hello everyone It is Charlotte here to take you through this lovely, interesting episode. At least I hope you find it interesting. Um, I am going to try it, like I said, and make it as concise as I possibly can. I know I have um, the previous episodes have been quite long and I know that you don't always necessarily want to hear that much information about everything. So I'm taking your feedback on board and I'm trying not to waffle. So I am going to get straight into this episode today. Um, It is about my child that my husband and I lost last year. Our child is called James Grace and I will explain why in a little while. Um, But this is a very um, unique story, shall I say, and it is 100% true. It's something that happened to my husband and myself. Um, I've toys uh, this I guess is the reason why it's a little bit later than usual this week um purely because I have toyed with the idea tried to sort of explain it in the best way without being too emotional without being too um scientific and too methodical about everything but I just thought you know what no I'm just gonna have to lay it out there super simple super easy and I hope that my voice will make it a really nice listen so going back a couple of years and it's weird to say a couple of years but it was literally at the back end of 2018 um my husband and I obviously at the time we weren't husband and 
um, wife. We were boyfriend and girlfriend still, but we sort of had moved our relationship to that next level, as you do, which kind of jumped a step in terms of we didn't do the whole like, let's get married first. It was more, it was one of those casual conversations um, during a summer holiday where I said, you know, what? I, I really want to have a baby. I really want a baby. You know, I feel ready. I feel there. And funny enough, my husband was in the same headspace. So um, we kind of started. It didn't, nothing really sort of happened for a couple of months. And then I started doing research, started getting all of the LH sticks or the um, ovulation sticks and things like that. And um, it was one random day um literally the day that my period was due and I was literally I woke up really randomly at like 5 a.m something really silly like that peed on a stick as you do and watched as the faintest line appeared in that usually empty window um and you know that was it I was awake I was like whoa okay this has happened and it happened sort of relatively quickly I think about four months after we'd sort of said yeah let's get going let's you know actually yes we both are in the same place so I got went off to work and where I was working at the time um I was really lucky because it was really central in a town and popped out to a super drug and bought you know the the um the Freer test and yes there was a very 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 faint line and so of course naturally I was over the moon so was my husband um but sadly I think it was literally about a week later um I was at work and sadly yes it did end in a miscarriage but I was only sort of so early I must have been about five weeks and something days um so it was a bit of a, a knock back, to be honest, because I didn't expect it. Um, you know, we used to be so fertile, it just kind of happened and it was one of those things. And yeah, it was um, it was a bit of an eye opener, but we, it, we were heading towards Christmas very, very rapidly. And that was that really. We didn't really sort of think about it in too much detail in terms of we didn't... Um, I didn't make a big song and dance out of it myself. Um, I did have a couple of days where, because I think it was more the shock of everything, everything had just happened so quickly. We'd gone and had, you know, I rushed to my doctors when I started bleeding. There was a tiny something there. And then by the Monday when I'd gone to um, an early, early pregnancy unit at my local hospital, there was nothing. So it was all just kind of a bit like it was there and then it wasn't and that was that. And I just had to deal with it. So we just, you know, I just thought, okay, we'll, we'll start again in the new year. I need to wait until my body comes back to normal and we'll just go with the flow. And my body never went back to normal, if I'm really honest with you. I didn't get a cycle. Um, well, I was on a cycle, but I fell pregnant straight away. I didn't get a, a period in between. It was just completely necessarily by chance. And, um, you know, I did. I wasn't using any of... I wasn't using a thermometer to check my basal body temperature. I wasn't using, um, obviously we weren't using any contraception, but I wasn't using any sort of, um, I call them dipsticks, but I mean um, ovulation sticks. I wasn't using anything like that. We weren't at all. I wasn't monitoring anything. And I found out on Boxing Day evening um, that I was pregnant. And yes, I had drunk and I had 
even smoked actually I think the week such a shock like a really really happy shock because actually I was further along and I was sort of I think I was due just before Christmas and by this point I think I was about five days late but because I'd miscarried before in the previous cycle I kind of just anticipated that my body might be a little bit confused or messed up or whatever so this was such a huge shock um and what made it even harder was the fact that you know I'd been drinking over Christmas with my family then seeing um my husband's family um you know sort of later on and we were all drinking and all of a sudden it was like well okay you know we obviously we want to have this baby I've got to start being smart and clever and you know really looking at what I'm eating no more drinking being really healthy but at Christmas you have that little like nugget of time where everything just seems to just everyone and everything just seems to just chill out completely and it's just we just went away we and when I say we went away we went to somebody else's house um I think it was actually my husband's father's house to just have some time to ourselves um and we were just hiding in between in between all of that time and it was lovely because we just kind of had that chat and had the whole right let's not get ahead of ourselves but I'm really excited but okay and the more that the tests were getting more and more positive every single day it was like super 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 strong whereas previously the other tests kind of hadn't really done anything they just they kind of got stronger yes but that was kind of it but there was also not really many symptoms I wasn't you know like I didn't have like really sore boobs or anything this time around I did have sore boobs again it wasn't really anything that I was too concerned about um but yeah I sort of I was feeling very tired very emotional and it that were the only sort of they were the only symptoms that I had that seemed to be you know indicating I was fully pregnant but the tests for me were the only way to sort of really see if things were progressing if they were getting stronger um it was it was just crazy really just mind-boggling really and that was that really you know we just kind of cracked on we straight away with the new year um we booked in to have a um a private scan and a very private early scan just purely because yeah we we were scared and worried about what had happened before and we wanted to make sure that there was actually something there and that it was going to be okay and that was happening i think sort of a a week or so or two weeks later um with with obviously with my husband um and everything was fine we saw literally what looked like a a kidney bean it was a kidney bean um heart beating we couldn't hear the heartbeat because it was a bit too early but I was a week behind of what I thought I was which was fine I didn't care because there was a beating heart and it was there and it was fine so we were absolutely elated and we sort of started to let um other family members and friends and close family and things know um and then my husband had to go away um for a little while and um left me sort of he would be back oh gosh I couldn't even remember now thinking back to it but he would have been back when I was um sort of well into my second trimester and given that I was sort of halfway through just almost at the end of my first trimester um he was going to miss sadly the the all of the the 12 week scan which was fine it was very sad and daunting for me to have to sort of basically go and do it alone 
um but it was okay it was fine because we'd already had that scan so he was going away and um all of the symptoms for me really properly started kicking in um and I got to sort of about 10 weeks and, you know, I was really things like, sorry for, to be TMI, but I was constipated. It was not comfortable at all. I even went across across to the health food shop across the way to be like, help me. I'm pregnant. Nobody else knows, but I cannot cope with not being able to go to the loo. I am so uncomfortable. Like, and I can't even give myself tummy massages. Help me. So they were really good. And I got some great um, natural like ideas and recipes and even some products that they recommended if you want to know any do let me know I'll leave my email at the end so everything was going really really well and um I at the time was quite slim I'm not quite so slim now I'm a bit more marshmallow like but at the time I was quite slim so it was becoming a little bit more obvious that um I had a little bit of a tiny tum um and because of my actual dates in terms of where they take your how far along you're supposedly at um from your first day of your last period because mine was basically the miscarriage um and my dates were a little bit out i actually had two 12 week scans because i had one that was at 11 weeks and one that was at 13 weeks so that rolled around fairly quickly and it was quite soon after my husband went away to to work um and i knew i was kind of going in there a little bit smug because i knew that i was going in and they were going to say to me oh okay you know your baby's not big enough to do all of the tests because that's what they do at 12 weeks they 12 weeks is to um to check on baby to see how baby's growing and everything and at 12 weeks they can also start looking for um, they can do tests for down syndrome and i can't remember off the top of my head what the other one is but you have to have this the baby has to be at least 12 weeks um before they can do that so i went in sort of being a little bit smug um terrified but smug because I knew that I was actually only 11 weeks and like six days or something but they still couldn't do the test so they said look come back in a couple of weeks time when you're about 13 weeks and so and so days and you know we'll do all the tests then so um I felt like this huge wave of relief because the day before the initial sort of 12 weeks slash 11 week scan I had a bit of a breakdown to my mum just because I was like, look, what happens if something's wrong? I was going on my own because my family, my parents, for, well, my family, yes, my parents and my sister at the time don't didn't live near to me. So to just come up for like, you know, a 10 minute appointment for me just felt a little bit absurd. Um, and I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have any of my other friends because I hadn't really told them um, that I was pregnant because I was waiting for the 12 week scan to confirm a okay all is great and wonderful um so i did have a little bit of a meltdown the day before and perhaps that was my body's way of actually saying that there was something wrong but i just didn't hear it i just generally had this like gut feeling that i was like what am i going to do if something's wrong like what am i going to do how do i how do i cope with this like what is the problem and my mum is the most amazing woman i have been privileged to be brought up by because she's just so calm and just was you know, just calmed me right back down, pulled me back down to earth and was like, look, whatever happens, happens. Everything is fine. 
your baby will be perfectly fine. I'm 100% sure of that. And you just need to just don't get yourself wound up. Don't get stressed. You know, everybody tells people who are trying to conceive or pregnant or they just had a baby, don't stress, be nice and calm. People don't realize how blooming difficult that actually is. But either way, my mum really helped. And yeah, I, I felt like this huge weight had lifted off of my body after I'd had that 11 week scan. And the sonographer told me, yeah, everything looks great. Yeah, you're measuring this. Can you see the heartbeat? You know, you see, and I saw head moving and, you know, literally a little nod and whatever. And oh my goodness, when you ever, if you've ever had the 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 chance to see that, it's just crazy it is crazy it's so weird to think that that's inside of your body and for men it must be well for dads who are dads to be and everything to see your baby to see the moves to see their heartbeat it must be such a, a, a oh gosh I, I think about it now and I'm like I'm so emotional but it is really emotional it's such a beautiful thing to see because you know that that's yours that's your creation so I came back then um, uh, a, a week or so later for my 13-week scan. My sister was going to come with me, but she wasn't well. She didn't want to make me unwell. So again, I went on my own. But I wasn't too fussed because I felt that, yes, you know, everything was fine. And this time I was raring to go. I'd got, like, literally, I'd figured out how to use the, <laughs> I'd figured out how to use the picture machine because they don't necessarily print them off in the room for you sometimes. And I don't know what it's like for most other hospitals, but the one that I went to, you had to put money into a little machine and say, here's my slip to say I want to have such and such amount of photos so I'm there like literally like chucking in I think it was 10 pounds and I literally had 10 10 pound coins chucking them in this machine and sat there like super eager and nervous and oh you know I get to see my baby again I wonder how big it's got you know what's it look like today what position is it going to be in and um sat in the waiting room not for very long was watching all of these other pretty heavily pregnant ladies coming in and out and everything there's me who's got like the smallest bump known to mine. You can't really see it because, again, it's not really progressed sort of far enough for it to have properly popped. But either way, um, I went in and this is where things for me, I really struggled to talk about. Just purely because when I think back to it and I walk back through the memory, it's really, really hard because I am proud of myself because I did it all on my own. But it's it's very, very hard. My heart goes out to anybody who's ever had to sit in one of those rooms, whether they're on their own or with their partner or with their, their supporting person and get bad news, basically. So I went in and I had this really lovely sonographer and I explained the whole situation because they don't let you take videos. And I do understand why, because, you know, the, the, if they get something wrong or whatever and something does happen to your baby, then... Um, you know, that that kind of stuff can be used against them. And that's not fair. Um, however, I explained my situation that my husband was away for work. He's literally sat at the other end of you know the other side of the world um, waiting for a call. Is there anything that they could do for me? I know I'm obviously going to have the pictures and stuff, but is there possibilities that I can listen to the heartbeat and send him a recording of that? Anything that, you know, even if it's just a zoomed in video. Anyway, she was really good and she let me sort of take a, a um, snippet of the heartbeat and um, we kind of got going with all of the, the scan and everything. And this was on your tummy. So you kind of you go from having perhaps an, a more of an internal scan to having a tummy scan. 
So I sat there and sort of saw the baby and um, I can't remember whether it was the first scan or the second scan, but I'm there like literally, I was always told to have a full bladder. So I'm kind of half full, half not, um, baby's in the wrong position, not really doing much. Um, so the sonographer just sort of says, okay, don't worry, you know, maybe baby's just asleep. Um, go, have you had any food or anything? I thought, no, I haven't had anything today because you know, I had a very early appointment. So she just sort of said, you know, go for a wander, go for a quick walk, maybe eat something, maybe get a coffee or something like that, and then come back and we'll, we'll slot you back in. And there's me who's literally not thinking anything of it, just thinking, oh, God, of course, it has to be me and my baby that's, you know, sleeping. Oh, how could it? Anyway, so there's me who's like, thank God, because I can actually go and have a drink or, you know, just have a quick wander. So I went and grabbed a coffee, had an apple, came back, sat down, waited for my turn. The same sonographer took me back in. And then this time, baby was like in a completely stupid position um you know not even really visible to be fair like it kind of twisted in a really weird way now bearing in mind i think at 12 weeks there's something as small as like a plum so you don't really feel much i mean i definitely didn't so i couldn't really tell if you know it was flipping upside down if it was wiggling around like a, a tadpole i didn't really tell so anyway she said look she can't really sort of see anything baby's in the wrong position um she's got a couple of other appointments obviously that are now due to come in so she's going to get her um consultant to see me so that she can we can just do the tests and stuff because until baby gets in the right position very very difficult to do that kind of thing you want the ideal picture you know where they're they're lying down on like um a like a side profile and then because basically what they're trying to do is get uh, an image and a clear scan of the back of the neck to see that's where some fluid can collect and that means something to do with down syndrome so again i just go back and sit in the waiting room and um i i didn't twig that anything was actually wrong i didn't realize that you know if they say oh i'm, I'm just going to go and get my consultant or i'm just going to go and get another doctor because i can't do this and the other that's actually code for um yeah there, there's a problem or i genuinely can't see something but you know from my perspective i'd seen the heartbeat because you see that little flicker you know beating away so yeah so i just went and sat back down in the um waiting room or i kind of was sort of stood like wiggling my hips and stuff to try and just twist baby and move baby around to make sure that it was in the right position um, and by this point, I was like drinking quite a lot because I thought, well, maybe it's a fact that they need um, they need me to have a full bladder because maybe they can't see it or maybe it's not, you know, it's not pushing baby in the right place. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a sonographer. I don't know what it is that they need. I'm not a midwife either. One day he's hoping. But um, yeah, it, it was one of those things that I was kind of getting a little bit cautious because I was embarrassed more than anything because I just thought, for God's sake, why is it always me? Why is it, always, you know, I, they've not even come into the world yet and my children are making a, a drama out of everything. But either way, the consultant called me in and I'm absolutely bursting for a wee. And um, I thought it was a bit weird because there was a consultant who was really nice. And then there was, I don't know whether it was a midwife or a nurse or... And basically, there was another lady in the room with me. Um, so there were two of them. And the consultant just sort of said, look, don't talk at all whilst I'm doing the scan. Let me have a look. And then I'll, you know, talk to you afterwards. So I kind of thought, all right, OK, that's a bit different in comparison to the other lady who was quite sort of chatty and, you know, it helps to calm the nerves. But 
I just kind of was, you know, uh, lying there and the consultant kept sort of tapping my tummy with the, the probe or the wand or whatever you want to call it. And I could see baby, but there wasn't really anything happening. Um, and so she sort of just said to me, right, okay, baby's completely in the wrong position, as in baby was upside down and wasn't sort of really doing anything. My bladder was overly full. She said, look, go and empty your bladder and then come back and um, we'll give it another, we'll give it one more go. So by this point, I've been in the hospital for um, about probably two hours. I've had to call work and say, look, I'm really sorry. I ended up having to sort of tell work. I was like, I'm really sorry. The scan's taking longer than um, is normal. You know, baby's misbehaving basically, um, but I'll be back in as soon as possible. I'll let you know I'm done. So I went to the loo and whilst I was in the loo when I'd obviously gone to the toilet, I did some <laughs> some star jumps just because I was like, this is really, I was, you know, I talked to tummy and everything and was like, okay, this is, you're embarrassing me now. Just get in the right position, please, because I need to get back to work and you're fine. Just, you know, do what you need to do. Just get in the right position. So I did a couple of jumping jacks and then I went back in to uh, the consultation room. And this is, I guess, for me, this is literally where my world just completely turned upside down. There was like this massive, great big hole that just opened up and was just sucking me out and sucking all of the life out of me. So I had another scan and this scan seemed, this was the final scan and this scan seemed to go on forever. Um... And I, um, sorry, I'm trying my best to keep my emotions in check here, but I knew that something was wrong because the other lady, whether she was a nurse or whoever she was, she wouldn't look at me whilst I was on the bed. And I was trying so desperately to like just gauge from their facial expressions what the hell was going on because usually, you know, it's a really happy affair to be able to see your baby up on the screen, but my baby wasn't doing anything. There was a heartbeat, but you know, there was no movement and you would anticipate by sort of, well, it's literally by like week six, they can, there's some kind of a movement of some form. And by, you know, week 13, they're stretching, they're yawning, you know, they're usually bobbing their heads, bringing their hands to their face and everything. I'd done all my research. I knew exactly what I was, I should have been seeing, but my baby was just completely still. And that was that really I was a bit like okay well I just you know there's a heartbeat so I don't really understand like is my baby asleep you know is is it genuinely just asleep and she kept tapping my stomach and this just seemed to go on and on and on it was agonizing it was horrendously agonizing and then as soon as um as soon as she finished um she did well they kind of, both of the, the two ladies, they kind of just pushed, you know, their chairs back and stuff and the, the other nurse turned the light on. And the first thing that I just said to them is, am I going to cry? Which is what I'm doing now. Oh, I do apologise, guys. I don't, I don't really talk about all of this kind of intricate detail um, just because, I don't know, I've just spent so many, I guess now, a full-on year of just squashing it down and just talking about the facts but this is also a fact I guess it's my own sort of his my own history's facts but yeah so 
they basically and it was it was you know whenever you sort of see on like tv programs and they're being given or like even it sounds really horrible to say this but like a cancer ad and you can see the reaction of the person it sounds like you know they're they're in a bubble and you can hear the people talking but it just sounds very like muffled and stuff that's kind of started to be what happened um with me because she then started telling me what was wrong or what she thought was wrong and then my husband started ringing my phone because obviously I was saying to him like oh baby's not in the right position I'm really embarrassed I don't know what to do and I'm there on my own and I'm also trying so hard not to cry I don't know what it is about being emotional in front of other people especially people you have no idea like I can't even tell you what my consultant's name was I cannot tell you um because I was just so like in that moment and there were so many threads that were getting snipped and un- unweaving themselves from this whole history and story it was just it was such a surreal moment that yeah they basically told me um that my baby had a type of anencephaly which means hello it is the fertility fairy i am really sorry to as usual butt in but i just thought i'd just give you a very very brief more perhaps personal insight and explanation to what anencephaly actually is so as you'll hear in the story this has happened to me. It is quite rare. Um, it only happens in about, I think it's one uh, one in 10,000 couples or pregnancies in the UK may experience this. Um, but anencephaly happens very early on in pregnancy. It's between, I think it's day 17 and day 32 after you've conceived. Um, and it is where neuro tubes of the spine and the brain stem connect and sometimes if they don't connect properly anencephaly and a whole array of other um, problems occur. Um, Anencephaly is a fatal condition. Um, Most of the time babies will or fetuses will pass away before they are born. If they are um, strong enough to survive sometimes they pass away during labor but most of the time if they do go to full term if the parents decide to to continue to full term they can um, live to only be either sometimes in very very rare cases only a few days and months old but most of the time they will pass away very very shortly after birth because they don't have a fully formed functioning brain. So I was then sort of very nicely scurried away to a private room where I just ended up like wailing like a banshee because I had to call everyone and I had to tell them that I I had a, a, there was a problem with my baby. I, it hadn't really kind of sunk in at the time that there actually really was a serious problem with my baby. 
and it wasn't really until the um i think she was either the senior midwife or the sister midwife came down to see me and brought me a piece of paper with the information about anencephaly on it um and that she then sort of started talking about termination and for somebody who sat in a room on their own no other support um with them at the time to then be told that they basically have to make a decision of well um you know you can either have a um uh, kind of like you give birth to your baby or you can um you know we would recommend you have a, a dnc um and you kind of i felt very pushed into be into making a decision right then and there um because my husband was at the other side of the world it was so hard to be able to get in contact with him because his signal was awful and there's me who's trying to be as clear as i possibly could but he couldn't hit it was disastrous it really was it was just i don't like to relive it because oh it it was just something out of a nightmare i'd never i never signed up for this basically you know i'd i'd had an abortion then i had a miscarriage and now i was being told that i had to have a medical termination on medical grounds because my baby was basically not alive inside of me um and that this baby that i so wanted and you know was starting to we'd been waiting to get the go ahead to be like right now i can start you know figuring out what i was doing and we were just about to get married and you know i wanted to buy baby stuff and this that and the other and it just wasn't everything was just like crashing around me and i just was completely alone and it was this horrendous thing that i had you know i didn't live far away from the um from the hospital where i i used to live but all of a sudden i had to tell all of these different people who knew that actually i i can't go back to work today because i can't actually even see my steering wheel that i'm crying that much that i can't breathe that it feels like i'm about to cough up a lung because i just didn't know what to do myself so i told my husband i told my family i then drove back home um and like told my work and bless her my sister just that she got straight in the car and drove down to me um and i stayed in my car waiting for her the entire time just because i just didn't know what else to do i didn't know how to get out of the car i didn't know how to i looked horrendous and even though i only had to walk like 50 meters back to my house from where i parked i just couldn't bear it i couldn't bear the thought of somebody looking at me and then trying to talk to me and being all like are you okay oh my goodness i cannot even begin to really go into that much detail i i walk through it sometimes in my really dark days and it's torture it's really really torturous but i i got through it i had the worst night's sleep i think i've ever had where i think i got about 2 hours sleep where i just wake up and would just start bawling my eyes out i then started doing loads of research about anencephaly and you know what can be done about it what's the chances that this is wrong and you know what's the treatment for it is there any hope and then you know i try to find loads of facebook groups to sort of get the support because no one else i knew i'd never even heard of it. i couldn't even say it at the time um it was ridiculous i'd never ever heard of anything quite like it and to basically be told that 
your baby doesn't have a brain and that your body's just acting as an incubator for it. So it will continue to grow, but it's not going to basically be alive when, you know, if you make it to full term, which they wouldn't recommend anyway. It was just, I felt like I was being shot with arrows all over the shop. Um, so my husband was on his way home. He was doing his best to sort of travel on his way home. I went and stayed at my, because my parents were away on holiday, which made it even worse. I just felt horrendous because I just felt like I was ruining so many different people's lives, but it wasn't even my fault. Like it's something that is not preventable because it just, sometimes it does happen. They don't really know the reasons why it happens, but it just happens. And um, they suggest, that's why people suggest taking folic acid, especially in your first trimester, because that helps with any... Um, neuro damage or difficulties or, or problems that may arise it prevents that or it helps to prevent it bear in mind I was also taking all of these tablets and everything because you know that's what you're meant to do I was super healthy I was going for walks during my lunch break so I in my mind was like I don't understand why what is it that I've done that, that is 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 it because I drank at Christmas so all of these questions and everything are going round and round in my head my husband's on his way home it literally took him an entire weekend to get home from where he was um my sister-in-law um came to see me sort of straight away everyone was like making a big sort of drama about it and all I wanted was my husband because I was like you're the only person who this is yours just as much as it's mine but we made it through and I had a lot of calls with a lot of different people. Um, we went back into the hospital as well so that my husband could see the scan and, and actually have a live scan done. And we were going to have an amniocentesis done so that we could kind of figure out whether it was a genetic problem or something. Um, and we had lots of calls from different clinics. I think it was BPAS for the UK that works closely with the NHS. And they sort of explained a lot of what I actually explained in my previous um, in my previous uh, episode um, about, you know, it would be a DNC, your baby, and I'm really sorry, it gets vacuumed out piece by piece. And I just spent a lot of time crying, I think solidly for a whole week. I just couldn't stop crying because I was also like, no, you've got to be strong. You can't, you cannot cry about this kind of thing. But I completely forgot that I was still pregnant that I was still experiencing hormones and all of the same you know morning sickness or nausea and you know loss of appetite and stress and the crap and the this and I actually opted to have a um, medical termination so very very similar if not exactly the same as the abortion that I had had the year before um, because I did not like the idea of my baby being pulled out of my body when I was asleep I wouldn't get to see it wouldn't get to make my peace with it and it would also be sort of pulled out bit by bit which again I just didn't I didn't agree with for that specific situation it just it wasn't for me so I'd opted for what the hospital was actually kind of pushing me against doing because I, I guess they felt, I don't know, maybe it was it would be too emotional. But it, for me, it was the right thing. So that happened about two weeks later after my um, initial sort of appointment where I found out everything. And um, weirdly, but sadly at the same time, it was like the worst day of my life. But strangely... 
the best day of my life like it was just so weird because I've now experienced a birth but yet I don't have an actual living child running around near me or I don't get to experience all of the happy emotions that you get um when you've delivered a baby and everything else um but I had a you take I did actually do it kind of almost back to front in a in a way I took the tablet a couple of days before I was actually given the tablets to kickstart my labor um, but the, I guess the sort of thing that I, I say is for me, it's a bit of a blessing because now I actually do feel that eventually one day, maybe when I do get to have a pregnancy that's, that's safe and solid and goes full term. And then I go into labor and everything, I have an idea of what to expect. Um, and it also meant that, you know, for next pregnancies and things, I am quite prepared because I found out, um, that I have strep group strep b which i will come on to another time um but it it was a a short ish labor it was about six hours in total then i was very well cared for i had my own sort of private space on the maternity wing and my husband was with me the whole time um and the care was great you know my waters went twice but I think there's I don't know when you have anencephaly there's or you have an anencephaly pregnancy there's a lot more water a lot more fluid than um there is um with a normal pregnancy um so I kind of had like double and that's also why I was perhaps showing a bit more but I had the double fluid so I had like the pop in the back in my back where my waters went and it was a lot and they were going to keep me overnight, but there was nowhere for my husband to sleep. So I was getting more and more crotchety about that. And I I just got to the point where I was so exhausted by everything and so tired that I just, and they swapped over um, just after I'd had the, the baby, they swapped over midwives. So they did the shift change and um, I didn't like the other midwife that I had. Um, I don't know why I just didn't click with her at all. I had a trainee midwife and um, a, a senior midwife who were taking care of me for sort of the first full bit and everything. Um, but I didn't click with this this second midwife. Um, I felt very uncomfortable with her and I felt like she was very pushy and she gave me another anti-D injection, which I'd already had. And I just I just literally ended up like crying. I just want to go home. I just want to go home and so at two o'clock in the morning we ended up going home and that was that really that was the whole I got to see my baby that was a blessing um my mum had sort of said to my husband um don't let her see because I think everyone was fearful you know at 15 weeks is where I got to um they're not they, they look like babies but they look for me and this is my version of how my baby looked but I don't know if anybody ever remembers, I'm a 90s baby. So I grew up in the 90s. And at school, there was like those jelly alien things, you know, with the, the that's literally, that's the only way I can describe it. If you Google, they came in like an egg shaped, weird, like slime filled thing. And they're like, they were like all floppy and jelly like. And that's literally what my baby looked like. So weirdly, I got some kind of comfort in it, but she was tiny. Like literally, I had very small hands. She was the same size as my palm super super tiny um she was actually cleft in um one side so her right side was completely cleft so her leg and her arm were kind of stuck 
in a position and you know should she have ever been okay as in if we went full time she would have had some we would have had a disabled baby basically had she been able to survive and everything um, but that is quite common to have cleft parts of the body with anencephaly or the type of anencephaly that we had um, but we got to see her we have photos of her we got given a, um, a like a memory box which is gorgeous because it has like a little certificate and there's a balloon that you can blow up and um, sort of, I don't know whether you put a helium in it or just blow it up for, for their memory. You get a little teddy bear. Um, you get uh, like a little glass angel. So we did have her cremated. We didn't go to the funeral, but we had her cremated. And then when we picked up the ashes, when we finally got married, literally a couple of months later, and we moved into our, our home together, our first proper space together, we got a, a rose bush and we put her ashes in with the rose bush and we've got it in a pot so that um, we'll always have her with us. It was probably one of the hardest things I have ever had to go through. You know, I, I've had a lot of losses and I'm still experiencing a lot of losses, but nothing will ever come close to that because nobody else that I know has ever experienced that severity of a loss. You know, I, I know some people have had stillbirths or... Um, you know, the baby has died or they've miscarried during pregnancy um, or there's been complications. But a lot of people have also continued then to go on and have healthy families and have healthy children. I'm, I'm very open about talking about it, but I try and reserve as much emotion as I can about it, because for me, it's just it's still something that's very, very raw. there you have it guys the most emotional story I've had to date and I don't want to upset anybody with any further details I'm really sorry I know it's much longer than perhaps the other three episodes or the other two episodes I've already done I did try my best to keep it as concise as possible and as cheery as possible but I know it's, it was very emotional for me so if I have affected you with any of the information that I've given you in this episode please do contact me please give me your feedback because that's the only way that I'm going to learn whether you know I need a slap on the wrist or a smack in the face or another shot or something who knows um but I hope you have enjoyed this episode to a degree if you would like to contact me whether you want to have any questions answered want to tell me your story or would love to get involved you can contact me on facebook at maybe mummy podcast or you can email me at maybe mummy podcast at gmail.com but for now i hope you have the best rest of your week take care of yourselves and i'll speak with you again soon love you